0: Greetings from Bishop Aubrey Shines and G2G Ministries in Tampa, Florida. We pray that you would be blessed and encouraged by the biblical message you are about to hear. Today's classic sermon from Bishop Shines is entitled, Stay Focused, with reference scripture Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7 in the Amplified Classic Translation. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Come on, let's read together. Let's read. And Moses called to Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, be strong, courageous, and firm. For you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall what? To do what? To possess it. I want you to grab someone by the hand before you take your seat. Look at him or her, eyeball to eyeball. Please repeat these words. Tell them you need to stay focused on what God has called you to do. Tell them it's simple. Stay focused. Be seated, please. There are three things that I'm going to give you very, very quickly. Bring out your journals. You know we are a writing church I'm not here to entertain. I'm here to give you the word of the Lord and make sure that you grab it. And in doing so, it will begin to change you. Deuteronomy 31 and 7, one more time. I want you to notice there are three three principles here. And we've already put them on the board because I gave them this morning. The first thing that you must do, underline it, one, in your scripture. Number two, I want to make sure that you write this down. And that is the word called. Because that's where the scripture says he was called there so again it it really is imperative that Moses called to Joshua now the reason that's necessary in order to stay focused you have to understand the first thing that you and I must make ourselves aware of in other words it's not us it's who called us and so the first thing that as a believer we must get this is that you're called to do something Touch two people. The reason I have you always touching is because the Bible says both in Deuteronomy and in the book of Corinthians, out of the mouths of two to three witnesses... Let every word be established. So I don't do this just to make you uncomfortable, but I do it that way. When you hear it, the Bible says in Romans ten nine that faith comes by hearing. And so the more you say a thing, the more you hear a thing, the more you hear what you say, your faith then will begin to be built because you're practicing a, a principle of repeating something that the more you hear it, the more you become what you hear touch to people and tell them you and I are called to do some great things Come on one more person. Tell them you and I are called To do some great things now I want you to flip over real quick with me if you don't mind over to Romans 8 and 28 Make sure by the way that you're writing all of these scriptures down uh, As well Romans 8 Romans the eighth chapter And you're going to see something very very familiar that we just read there uh, in in the book of Deuteronomy as well. And the reason that I'm toggling between these scriptures, and again, I want you to make sure you write them down, is because you and I need to know the word of the Lord. Don't ever be in a church where you're not taking notes and you're not committing to memory. Because please hear my heart when I say this. When trials come, and they will, only what you know in Christ is going to make you stand. If you try to deal with your problems based out of your emotion, How many know your emotions can be all over the place? Oh, sure. Get some bad news. This would be the first thing out of your mouth. I don't understand what's going wrong. I was doing everything right. Anybody ever say that before? Why? Because out of your emotions, you're responding. But when you know the word of the Lord, it begins to change your thinking. So go with me, if you don't mind, over to Romans 8 and 28, and look at how the word of the Lord reads. Come on. Uh, As a matter of fact, go with me and read this with me as well. I, I think this will bless you. Note know what it says here. Hold it. I'm sorry. My, my scripture is slowing down here for some reason. There it is. All right. Come on and go with the pastor. We are assured. Come on, read with me. Verse 28 in the amp. Let's read. We are assured and know that God being a partner in the labor. Stop right there. Please write this down if you don't mind. When you are staying focused, you must see yourself as part of God's plan. In other words, how do you stay focused? You got to know that you belong to it. You got to know that you are part of it. Partnership requires a responsibility that you have with God. And the reason I need to pause before we read the rest of the scripture is simple. A lot of people have this in their mind. It doesn't matter what goes on in the world. God is in control. Anybody ever hear that before? Let me dispel that. It's not true. It is not a... Yes, God is always in control, but note what God does. God gives his people the right to have partnership in doing what he does. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Jesus leaves here and says, but... I give you the authority in the rim of the earth to live out the will of God. How many ever read the scripture over in Matthew eighteen nineteen when it speaks of even in agreement uh, in even what we call the Lord's Prayer as it is in heaven? In other words, what we see in the rim of the heavens, the Christ is saying, let us see it in the rim of the earth. What is that denoting? It denotes that you and I must see ourselves as part of a partnership with what God is doing. Uh, a better way, I guess, to put it, or a simpler way, is you must see yourself. As a manager, see a person can own the company, but the moment you manage the company, you are managing their ideas the way they have designed it. And God have made you and I to be partners in the earth. So we don't have the luxury of closing our eyes over whatever issues that that are in life and simply say, well, God is in control. It's true. He is in control. But for the believer, we have a responsibility in that control. In other words, don't close your eyes. Uh, and I've seen these signs on the back of people's bump, bumper stickers God uh, is the co pilot. Please keep your hands on the wheel when you're driving. Because if he is piling it, then you can put the cruise, or he could put the cruise control, you can get over on the passenger side, lay back, rum up the engine, and just let the car go. How many know you drive that car? I'll prove it to you. How many, when you leave here, uh, when you came in this building, be honest, you locked your car doors? Come on, let me see the hands. If you really believe that God is in control, why didn't you just leave your car door open? Y'all ain't talking to me. You know, the second service, y'all a little different than the first service. I expect y'all to talk back to me a little bit here. How many know that you lock up your door when you go in at night? How many have, let me see the alarms. How many people have alarms here? Why do you put your alarm on if God is in control? Why do you put your alarm on in your house? I go further. I'm not looking at anyone here, but a whole lot of people here believe in the Second Amendment. God is in control. Why do you carry? <laughs> because you realize there is a partnership in that God is giving you and I the ability to be part of what he's doing. So, yes, God is in control, but it requires you partnering with him. Did you get that? Say amen. All right, come on. Let's go back to the scripture one more time. And, and let's read this one more time together. Go back to 28 there. Again, because we saw it in Joshua uh, where he was called. So look at it one more time. Start with me at verse 28. Let's read together. We are assured and know that God being what? A partner in their labor. What? All things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to his what? And what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop telling people that are not called of God when they go through tragedy that everything is going to work out. It's a lie. The Bible says only those that are called according to the plan and purpose and design of God. So you can have your own design and it all work out for you. There are some people that want your lives to work out a certain kind of way, but you don't want to follow the plan and the design of God. You can't can't do it that way, precious, and name the name of the Lord, because if God is the Lord, I want everybody to do an illustration with me. Come on, take your hand, either hand. I want you to point up like you're pointing up way in the sky. I want your imagination to work with me here for just a moment. I want you to imagine a large umbrella that's over your head right now. I want you to say with me, this represents the Lord. Say this large covering represents the Lord. Say Lord means, come on, keep pointing, that he is over all things. All right, relax your hands. If the Lord is the Lord over all things, that means that whatever is under his lordship, watch this, has to go by the design of what's covering it. If you don't stay under the covering of God, the design of God, the pattern he set out, Then watch this. It doesn't mean he does not love you. But you cannot then receive what he has for you. Why? You're no longer part of the design. Because the moment you move from underneath the covering, then you don't have the right to claim the promises that go with the covering. Those of us that have studied uh, religion, we can tell you, that, uh, for instance, only in Christianity is this idea even offered. Because if you were to study Islam, and I have, here's the reality it's not based upon your choice, it's based upon your submission. That is the reason why a lot of you thought that it was uh, Malcolm X that made the comment, by any means necessary. It wasn't. He was really just talking out of the Quran As a believer of Islam, El-Malik el Shabazz simply said what the Quran taught, and it was simple, that uh, if you don't do it, we'll make you do it by any means necessary. That was the whole premise of Islam. God is not that God. God says, I give you a choice. Choose what you want. And if you choose good... Some good stuff going to come your way. Now, I got to say this in all fairness. Sometimes when you choose good, not all good comes your way. I know that messes some of you up. Well, I did what was right, and, 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 and I got fired. There are things that God will allow, but even when he allows it, touch two people on the shoulder and tell them, it's still working out for your good. Even when he allows it, It's still working out for your good. You know, some person may not want you, and they treat you real bad. And you hurt, you cry, you weep. You don't understand why he or she didn't just respect and love you the way that you wanted to be loved. And you go through a season of hurt and torment. Keep living. God has someone. That will say, you know what? I'm going to take every hellish thing you've ever gone through, and I'm going to work it out that had you been in my will, I'll work this thing out, and I'll bring you to things you never even had in your imagination that I could even do for you. See, you look at your job as your source. God says he ain't your source. I'm your source. I can turn your financial life around so much. But God can, listen, God can open some things for you you don't even qualify for. And when he finished blessing you, you'll look back at what was not working out, and then you'll have to confess, wow, all things work together for my good. Why? Not because of me, but because I'm called to a design, and if I stay focused to that calling My life is going to begin to change for me. The first thing I want you to put down and stay in focus is called. Make sure you write that down, that you are called. Make sure that you get that. If you miss that, then you're going to miss the second point. And I got to get you there as quickly as I possibly can. Go with me, uh, if you don't mind, now to the second portion of the scripture. Go with me now over to uh, Deuteronomy, the 34th chapter. Deuteronomy 34 make sure that you're grabbing all this make sure that you're uh, recording uh, all this as well Deuteronomy uh, 34 And I really believe this will really help you we're going to go to the ninth verse Deuteronomy 34 and verse number nine time you get it say amen All right, Deuteronomy 34 uh, Verse number nine go with me if you don't mind to the amp. Come on read with pastor and Joshua son of none was full of what the spirit of wisdom. Why for Moses had laid his hands upon him. So the Israelites listened to him and did as the Lord commanded commanded who? So what happened to him there? I think it should be very clear to you that Moses had laid hands On Joshua. And note what happened. The moment that hands were laid on, and I'll give this to you in just a moment, there was connection. One more thing I want to give you before I begin to break this down. Go with me over to 1 Timothy, very quickly, 1 Timothy 4, and let's look at verse number 14. I want you to make sure that you tie both of those scriptures together. 1 Timothy 4, and look with me, if you will, at verse number 14. As soon as you get it, Say amen. As soon as you can see it, say amen. All right, come on. Read with Pastor one more time. Do not wow, Wait, 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 wait. Paul here is talking, by the way, to his spiritual son, Timothy. Timothy is his young protege, and he's raising Timothy up to do something. Watch this. The same way that Moses raised up Joshua to do something, and I want you to see the similarity here, even though we're talking uh, some millennials later. Come on and go with me. Again, let's read verse 14. Let's read it together. Read, do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment, which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit, by prophetic utterance, when the elders laid hands upon you. At your ordination. note the next thing I need you to stay focused on, please write it down, is called impartation. I need you to make sure that you grab that, impartation. Let me tell you why this is necessary. There are people that will try to tell you, I don't need a church to do what God has called me to do. I believe in God, but I don't need a pastor. They are deceiving you. Old Testament, New Testament, note the ecumenical order. Note something here. Note when the wisdom, the impartation came to Timothy as well as Joshua. It came when they stayed focused on this principle and they got this impartation, please write this down, by recognizing leadership. This is why when people don't recognize leadership, you hear things like this. I had to go and do what God called me to do. The church wouldn't recognize me, so I had to go find a church that would. Can I help some of you with that? I know some of you are guilty. I get it. And you know some people that are. When people say silly things like that, don't argue with them. When I've had a few people to come to me and say, well, Pastor, I believe my time is up, and, uh, uh, I, I, but I'm sitting there, I can look right through them. What they're really saying is, you won't lay your hands on me fast enough. And I want to do what I want to do. And if you won't do it, I'm going to find me a church that's going to recognize me. I've had people that said they had prophetic gifts and wanted to prophesy over the whole church here. I'm serious. The problem was they weren't prophetess. And I recognized it. But in churches they've been in, they were recognized as, you know, the great boom bomb or whatever they were. And because I wouldn't recognize that silly stuff, I go, well, you can't prophesy here. Well, my gift is being held back. Then go find you a church that you can exercise your gift in. Why? Because as leaders here, I can allow a novice to get up and speak over your life. Why? Wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you why. It's not because we are afraid of someone else that may have something that someone else don't have. See, the moment you open up your mouth and there's a prophecy, let me give you a Greek word here. I hate getting into Greek and Hebrew, but please write this down. It comes out of two verbs out of the Greek. It's profimi. It means to speak forth the mind of God. So when a person prophesies or profimi, they're speaking life over your life. Now, if they're speaking life, but it ain't God's life, then they're actually speaking death over a spirit-filled life. That means that you can connect yourself to something that God is not connected to, and as a result of it, watch this, you'll fall under, I hate to use the word spell, but you'll fall under something that God never ordained. And God ordained elders and leaders to say, wait a minute, we're not going to lay our hands upon you. You're not ready to do what you call to do. I have people that call themselves and want to be evangelists, don't even know the basic doctrine, but they want to evangelize. Evangelize who? You need to evangelize yourself. You don't know the scripture yet. You tell them that God so loved the world. No, he didn't. I've had people, he didn't love, he didn't love the wicked people. You want to have one of them Scooby-Doo moments. Her? It's almost like, no, he loved us all. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners and ungodly, God died for all of us. But you won't evangelize, but you don't know that. Now imagine that same guy or girl laying hands on you in the name of Jesus. Honey, you know, you'll don't you catch something. Tell your neighbor, and it won't be a cold either. You'll catch I've seen people speak... I've known of people that had some real challenges in their lives. Man, please, you ain't laying hands on me. Because I don't need that madness. I got my own to deal with. (laughs) I don't need you laying hands speaking anything over my life. No, thank you. Because if you're full of the devil, come on. And you lay... Watch this. I'm talking about impartation. If you're full of the devil... See, I, I want to go here somewhere with y'all, but y'all ain't ready for this. If you're full of the devil and you laying hands on someone else, where's that devil going? <laughs> y'all just, y'all all open. Come and go with me, girl. we going. Ooh, they're laying hands over there. You better, know, you better check where you're going. You don't know what you're about to get. Then you come back here with all that stupid stuff on you. Looking deep, Ooh, the Lord showed me. Just go on in and go back to whatever that church was. Because we ain't trying to build membership off of that silly stuff. Why? Because in order to stay focused, you must recognize order. Well, Pastor, what about you? You, you, you? You've been in ministries that, listen, Dr. Gans will tell you this. You don't always agree with people that's in leadership. Can we have a real talk? Can y'all handle real talk? I'll prove it to you. You don't always agree with yourselves. I'm going to let that marinate. Can we talk? Can we have an honest conversation? Have you ever made a commitment to do something good for yourself that would be good for you, but you, you knew to do it? Come on, folks. Let me talk to all everybody over 30. Y'all young folk can't relate to this. When you get a certain age... Come on now, I know I get some help there. There are things that you can't eat like you used to eat. Touch your neighbor and say, this one's for you, baby. Come on. (laughs) And so you You make yourself a promise, I'm going to do better by myself. I'm going to drink the right stuff. I'm going to stop eating that other stuff, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm going to get up in the morning, and I'm going to exercise, and you make all these declarations, and you still don't look the way that Reuben looks. <laughs> Why? You are in agreement with yourself, but not the way that you would like. So even though you agree, you are in disagreement. You are already messed up. You know what to do. But you all don't, don't always do what you need to do. Oh, I'm going to stay there. How many know that your mouth gets you into trouble sometime? Come on. How many know that you can say things that you wish to Jesus you never said? Some of you sit next to folk right now, you needed to apologize a long time ago. But instead of apologizing, you're not focused on what God has made you. You're still caught up in your emotion. My grandmother used to say, I'm not studying you. And I'm going to say what she said. I'm not studying some of you all. Here's the reality. There are certain things that only come through an impartation. And so leadership, watch this, must be part of your focus. If leadership is not part of your focus, I don't care what you're trying to build. You're not always going to get what you're looking for. Why? Because you're outside of the spectrum of proper impartation. Every one of us need to have impartation. Before my late bishop Bishop G Patterson died, I'm going to go on and tell the story. I'll take just a minute or so to tell it. He called me once, and he never called ne- unless he wanted me to preach for him. And and I was always, always honored to go and preach for him. I mean, he was the prelate uh the prelate over largest Pentecostal reformation in the world and blah blah blah. And he called me once, and he said this. He said, um, (laughs) and it scared me. He always made me nervous. And and I don't know why. It's just, maybe it's a spiritual father-son thing. I don't understand it to this day. But I just almost like, oh, Lord. what If he called, I'm like, okay, Jesus. All right. Come on, Lord. Help your servant here. He called, and he said this. And if you ever heard him speak, you know how he speaks. He said, I need to see you. (laughs) You could hear me gulping like, okay. Uh, Bishop, would you like can you fly in? He's in Memphis. I was here. Yes, sir, I'm flying. Won't you like me? Well, can you come in this week? Yes, sir, I'll be there tomorrow. All right. <laughs> I'm still listening. <laughs> I'm like, Bishop, you there? <laughs> yes. All right, sir, I'll 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 be in. All right. Bishop, yes. <laughs> All right, sir, I'll be there tomorrow. All right, then. I hit click. Flew in. His entourage picked me up from the airport to get into the office. We hug, he come he's sitting at the desk, had glasses on, he took them off, he hugged me. I'm so glad to see you," I said. Bishop, I'm glad to see you too. I'll be with you in a minute. Yes, yes, sir. So, he's sitting in his desk. True story. I'm sitting like Kelly is, and I'm, I'm looking. And about thirty minutes pass. <laughs> he ain't said nothing to me, <laughs> and so I I don't have nowhere to go. I'm not flying back out till later in the evening. It's like. I say something? And I'm literally thinking, has he forgotten I'm here? These are all the thoughts that I'm talking about impartation, people. I'm talking about staying focused. He, watch this, what I give you in Joshua first called and then impartation. And so I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there. And so I'm thinking, Okay, did he forget me? And so I'm still sitting there. And then after a period of time, I thought I would say something. I said, "Uh, Bishop, he put out, yeah. I said, Bishop, is there anything you would like me to do while I'm waiting? No, no. Okay, sir. People, another 30-plus minutes, it felt like 10 years had gone by. He finally gets up, puts his glasses up. I'm glad you're here, prophet. I'm glad to be here, sir. All right. I see you. Come back and see me, son. Yes, sir, Bishop. I, yes, sir, I'd be honored to come back and see you. And so he said, all right. And we, we heard, all right, I want you to come and preach for me on such and such. Yeah, yes, sir, all right. So I'm leaving with the, and they take me back, and it dawned on me. It came to me. That man just laid hands on me. It had nothing to do with anything other than that man was sitting there reading everything about my life, pretending he was looking at that book. And about several months later, I said, Bishop, I know what you were doing. He said, what are you talking about? I went through the whole story. He looked at me and said, well, it took you long enough to figure it out, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Watch this. Watch this. See, sometimes when you're imparting into someone, It will make you uncomfortable when you don't have a mental understanding of what's going on. See, all of us want to have a head knowledge, but your spirit has nothing to do with what's going on in your big dome. Some things are... Go back and read the scripture. Something... First Corinthians four, some things are spiritually discerned. I'm quoting what Paul said in the church in Corinth and their foolishness unto the na- for the natural man understand if not the things of the spirit for the spirit man says, this is, cr- this is what the natural man says, this is crazy. Why did I fly here to sit? But when you're focused, please hear me. It's not about you. It's about the will of God in your life. Put your hands together. Come on, very, very quickly. Come on, come on. Can I give you, can I give you just one more? Just, just one more. I just want to give this to you. Just very, very quickly. Turn with me, uh, if you don't mind. Last one, I promise. Th- this is it. And I won't take as long. But I wanted to show you by illustration something here. This, this will help you. I, I promise it will. Go with me over to Joshua 1. Joshua 1. Just everyone turn with me over to Joshua 1. We're going to read this, by the way, uh, all together. Joshua, the first chapter. Joshua 1. And we're going to start, by the way, at verse number 1. That's Joshua 1 and 1. Go over to the amp. and, And if you can see it, say amen. Come on, I got to close this out. Everyone, read with pastor. Let's read aloud. Come on. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, take his place, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, the Israelites. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given to you, as I promised Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, Canaan and to the great Mediterranean sea on the West shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you be strong Confident and of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Notice something in that third verse. There was something called a promise that was given to Moses. Did y'all read that? Come on, go back with me. I, I, I want to make sure that you get it. Look back one more time. Go to verse number two. Moses, my servant, is now dead. So now rise, take his place, go over this Jordan. Go to verse 3, every place, uh, uh, yeah, there it is, every place upon which the sole of your feet shall tread, that have I given to you as I did what? I did what? I promised. Watch this, watch this, people of God. When you're focused, even though there's a promise that is there, it doesn't automatically mean you get what was promised to you. Why? Because Moses missed God, even though he was in the will of God, he didn't do what God had called him to do. And we're living in this super hyper grace world that we just believe if we just say it, it's going to happen. It doesn't work like that. What's the third point? Write it down. It's what and how you hear what God has said. There are certain things that God will give us And he will promise and you'll never see it because what he said, you refuse to allow the design that he's made for you to actually do it. What would happen to some of you if if God said to you, I want you to take the next three months of your life and everywhere you go, you're going to contend for the faith"? That was given to you in other words, it's going to appear that you're going to be argumentative I'm going to design you in such a way that your friends your relatives are not going to agree with you In other words, i'm going to make you take a position something that you're not accustomed to taking But i'm gonna make you take it why that's my design. I want you to stay focused in other words I'm going to raise you up and i'm going to give you a voice now when I give you this voice Everybody's not going to agree with what you're saying but I want you to keep saying what I said because this is the way that I'm going to make you and this is what you're going to do for me for the next three months of your life. But by the way, nobody in your house is going to like you. Nobody at your job is going to like you. All your friends that you had for the last 800 years, they are gonna all leave you and you're going to be left alone Nobody's going to want to be around you when you come around You're going to look like a plague and nobody's going to be bothered As a matter of fact, people are going to stop answering your phone call. Nobody's going to want to go out to eat with you Nobody's going to want to have anything to do with you. But if you stay focused, I'm going to bless you I wonder if god said that to us How many of us would really do it knowing that the consequence would mean we're going to be rejected? You ain't even got to say, man, half of us would probably lose that test because we are so busy wanting people to love us and like us and appreciate us and recognize us and understand the value that we bring to their lives. And we're just so wonderful, blah, 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 blah. If God put you and I in a place that nobody was going to like you and everywhere you went, you were going to be rejected. Could you do it? Could you stay that focus? Or would you let it go because nobody's filling you right now. What happens if everybody stopped calling you today? People that you didn't loan money to, gave money to? What would happen if folk that you didn't help, they thank you by cursing you out? No, I'm serious. Come on, let's talk. What would happen if the people that you have given more grace to than you can even imagine turned it back? Have you ever helped somebody instead of them helping you back? They, you got dogged out a little bit. Come on, talk back to me. What would happen if everybody began to do it? <sighs> Close your Bibles. I, I share with Dr. Gans and several others. There are several main events in this world since I've been doing what I've been doing that I'm on record for saying it before it ever happened. I won't even bore you with the list of those things. And even in this last event, when I said what the Lord showed me, I can show you if I put it up on screen and share with the media and they could show you, I could blot out their name. I could show you the hate mail that would be this tall. I could show you. I'm talking about some of this is from leaders. The Majority of it is from leaders. I don't know God. You don't know this. You don't know that. You don't know what you're talking about. I have been called every imaginable name known to man. I didn't cry about it. I didn't lose any sleep. I ate very well. You know why? I was focused. I know what God said to me. I said several years ago, prophetically, I said, if I have a prophetic voice, God is going to raise us. I said, our voices are going to be heard. I said, and the Bible says that I'll bring you before kings. I'll bring you before leaders. And I didn't have to hustle, lie to do it. But God brought us all before it. And we're helping and going to try to help shape a nation. Mm -hmm. See, if you focus on the person, (laughs) well, that man is a barbarian. That's the wrong word by the way But that man is gross I didn't vote And make my world About any political party I don't trust anybody Any of them A lot of them are going to lie And say this I get all that I didn't vote as I said On a TV show the other week I didn't do this because I'm this party Or that party that's silly I, I speak against all parties That's the role of a pastor. I see some injustice. I'm speaking against it. I don't care what party it is. That's just the nature of who and what we're called to do. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this. God set and arranged some things. As I told one of the news reporters, I said, they said, how can you as a bishop support a man? And they went down this list. I said, it's interesting you'd ask that question. I said, I'm not electing a bishop or a pope. I said, it's, not, it's not complicated but I am looking for someone that is going to make sure that people that have faith have a right when you're at your job are you hearing me now you may not like what pastors saying but I'm going to show you your hypocrisy when I say this there are people that are losing their jobs because on their Facebook they're talking about what they believe in and they go to Dr. Scott, there in Atlanta, Georgia, a minister of the gospel. He goes to his Facebook because he preaches in his church, but he's a medical doctor, Harvard trained. But because he has a biblical view, he didn't go to his job and say it. It was on his personal Facebook. Hey, I believe in marriage. I believe in this and that and the other. Georgia fired him because of his personal belief. Why do you do, Pastor, what you do? Because you shouldn't be fired. For having a position that may or may not agree with my position I had a reporter on the largest station in Virginia say well what about and she named all the things that he's done he's a racist I said okay let's talk how many believe that life is something that God created How do you as a Christian, can I ask you a question? Stand up, stand up, stand up. As a Christian, we believe in life. I think of you, Molly, you take care of lives here in Kenya all the time. And I said this to a reporter. I said, help me understand something. I said, you look to be, by your last name, Italian. I am, she said. I said, I want you to imagine that 50% of all Italian babies were being aborted in the womb since 1967 half of the Italian race dead and by the way the person that designed it they said I hate Italians I think all Italians are inferior how would you feel as being part of a race of people that have been systematically targeted to destroy you in the womb and she looked at me she said I never thought about it that this is live tv never thought about it that way I said I fight for the 49% of all black babies that are born in in the womb since 1967 by someone who said that black people are inferior. I never thought about it. Well, wait a minute. Bishop, you can't do that. Sure, I can do it. See, I, I don't do it because of my ethnicity because I have a Jewish mom. So this ain't about color for me. It's about a principle for me. See, I should have a right, and you should have a right, and your children should have a right to go to school of your choice. When I was in Detroit, they asked the same question. I said, why is it that these poor black and white kids in this city don't have the school choice that they can get out of these crazy failing schools? After all, all the Democrats here and all the Republicans, they go to private school. Why don't these poor babies have a right to go to the same schools? So I fight for those things. This ain't political, people. My focus is the body of Jesus Christ. My focus is to say you and I should have the right to choose our lives the way that we choose them. And I'll give my life. And if I lose some of you because I just, I think we should focus. Okay, then this ain't a church for you. You got to find a church that would talk about what you need to talk about. But as a gospel preacher... I must be concerned for every race of people, every color of a person, regardless of where they come from, whether they're rich or whether they're poor. This is what we're called to do. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to help those that were hurting, that were broken, that the world had looked over. He says, I've come to save you. Oh, I didn't say political party. For the record, I don't believe in any of them. Are you listening to me? This is about the message of the cross and how we can move the gospel. I don't think you should get fired because you're a believer in Jesus. Well, like if you're not a believer, I don't think you should be fired if you're a Muslim. I think you should have a right to work and live and breathe and... Do your thing. Now, don't come and bomb me because that's a different issue. How many know we need one another? How many know we can do better? How many believe that God is going to do some great things in spite of you? How many know that if you stay focused, God will raise you up and God will do above all that you could ever ask or even think? How many really believe that? If you believe that put your hand in somebody else's hand. Bow your heads all over the sanctuary. I'm finished. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you're holding someone's hand. Father, we honor you and we thank you. Would you repeat this with me? Say, Father, forgive me of not remaining focused. Say, I believe over 2,000 years ago you died. Say it with me, three days later, you were resurrected. Say I believe the same blood that was shed on that tree then still has power now to wash my sins away. Say it like you mean it, Jesus, wash my sins away. Help me as I'm focused on your will. Strengthen me as I commit myself to your purpose. In Jesus' name. If you really prayed that prayer, let that hand go. We hope this message has been a blessing in your life. To hear more inspiring, transformative messages, visit glorytoglory.org and make sure you follow and like us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.